Okay, guys, we're in Daniel chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 4 through 13. So we're in a final lesson, which is lesson 24. Uh, and we're going to talk about the sealing of the prophecy. Now, when, when we talk about sealing, what we mean by that is, is the closing of the prophecy, and, and, and in particular, the closing of Daniel's prophecy that's listed in this book. You'll see a similar thing uh, being done in... Uh, Revelation, at the end of Revelation, okay? Um, it's often misused to talk about adding to the book. Uh, we, we Sometimes we'll misinterpret that to mean adding to the Bible, but it's actually adding to the book of Revelation, okay? Uh, what it means is adding to the prophecy of the end time. So it's sealed up. There's no new prophecy. Do, do you understand what I'm saying when it comes to what's happening here? So let's go through this together. We're going to start off in verse 4. Verse 4, look at what it says there. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So first thing I want you to see here is this. Daniel is commanded to seal or preserve the prophecy until the end of time. So again, sealing it up is like is, is that nothing's to be added to it. This is what it is, okay, when it comes to this particular prophecy. Nothing is to be added to it. And again, I mentioned, as I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, it's the same thing is said when it comes to the book of Revelation. Now, so let me just stop for a moment. The two main books that talk about the end are which books? Daniel, Revelation. And if you notice that with both books, the author is commanded to what? Seal up the prophecy, not add to it. And anyone who adds to it, there is a curse that's placed upon them, okay, or they're going to be judged. Now, why is that so important today? Well, right now, whether you realize it or not, Christendom in North America, particularly in the United States, is being inundated with lots and lots of new books talking about the end, talking about end times, but they all include the United States somewhere in there. Okay? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? They all talk about 9-11 and what, how significant 9-11 is to prophecy and, and, and the significance of the end and so forth. The problem with those books is is they're not biblical books. Oh, they might refer to a passage, but oftentimes the passage is taken out of context. It's more in line with what what that author is trying to convey, less to do with what the prophetic passages are about. Because the reality is, is when you look at this prophetic book and you look at the Revelation, who's it about? Israel. Bottom line, it's about Israel. In fact, let's just stop for a moment. When you start off in Genesis, and you go all the way to the end, who's it about? Israel. Did you understand what I'm saying? So we need to realize that and be wary of people who want to add to the prophecy. Because I think, I think we're told for a reason to seal it up, that Daniel's told to seal it up or John's told to seal it up. Okay? 
Because this is it. This is the prophetic word here. Now, the interesting thing in verse 4, it also tells us this. While Daniel found the prophecy hard to understand, many will understand as knowledge increased. What does that mean, George? Many will understand as knowledge increased. Look at what it says there, verse 4. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. What does that mean? As we get closer to the end, our understanding of these prophecies are going to be better than what Daniel had. So, for instance, for us, we know that we have an understanding of some of them now for a lot of different reasons. One reason is half of them have already been fulfilled. Do you know what I mean? Half of them have already been fulfilled. So we can look back and see the fulfillment of the others. For instance, like when he talked about the four beasts. We already know about three of the beasts, right? And the beginning of the fourth beast or the golden image. We already know about that, except for the, for the mixture of the clay and the, and the, and the iron. Okay? We already know about half of the prophecies concerning the king of the south and the king of the north. We already know about that. We already know about Antiochus. He's already lived. What we don't know is the prophecies concerning who? The future. What's going to happen with the Antichrist and so forth. But as we get closer to the time, we'll have more understanding. So, for instance, when Daniel got the prophecy of the 70 weeks, do you think that made sense to him? About the Messiah coming, being cut off? Do you think that made sense to him? He, he had no comprehension of that. We have comprehension of that. Why? Because we can look and see that those uh, 69 weeks occurred between what? The decree to, for Israel to return to Israel and the triumphant entry. We know that those 69 weeks occurred there. Shortly thereafter, what? Less than a week thereafter, the Messiah is cut off. Jerusalem is destroyed. And now we, there's yet seven weeks to come, which will begin when? Remember now, think about your prophecy. When will that begin? What significant event will happen that begins the tribulation? You guys remember? Oh, it's been so long. No, not the rebuilding of the temple. A peace treaty. Daniel specifically says there'll be a covenant. A peace treaty between the Antichrist and Israel. That's when it begins. So let me just stop for a moment. How many of you have heard people say, I've even just this week heard it said, we're living in it right now. Yeah, we're living in the tribulation right now. How many of you have heard that? You've heard that, right? How can you answer that? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Yeah, it's not about the United States. What were you saying, Gene? Yeah, there hasn't been a peace. Now, they're looking for it, right? Did you know what I'm saying? They're looking for it. In fact, I just was reading this week, the Israelis are real upset with John Kerry because it's like, that's all he's talking about with a messianic zeal is this peace treaty. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's obvious that they want the peace treaty, and it's not just the United States who's seeking it. It's... Do you realize how many people are involved? Russians, EU, European Union, Chinese. Even the Chinese are involved. 
all trying to find and be the one to bring peace. So, you know, while he found this prophecy hard to understand, many will understand as knowledge increases. Our knowledge is increasing, right? Okay? Our knowledge is increasing. So then notice now, verse 5 through 13, the two angels are going to reflect back on the tribulational period again. So notice what it says. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the, of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held out his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swore to him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and a half a time. And then the power of the holy people shall be completely shattered, and all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. For from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,000... Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But go your way to the end, for you shall find rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. All right, so let's, first five, see two angels. Daniel sees two angels standing on the opposite banks of the river, okay? Verse six, we're going to see the conversation that takes place now with Daniel and these angels. First of all, one angel asked the other, how long will these things last? So he's talking about the tribulation here. How long will these things last? And in particular, for your information, he's talking about the Great Tribulation. You understand the tribulational period is seven years, but halfway through it is a period known as the Great Tribulation. Okay? So the angel states that they will last for three and a half times. Okay? Three and a half times. We know from uh, the book of Revelation that that's three and a half years. Okay? When the power of Israel is completely shattered, these things will end. Okay, so do you understand? So again, we're talking about Israel here. The tribulation will take place for the purpose of what? Anybody know what the purpose of the tribulation is? Anybody got a guess? Yeah, breaking Israel. And the one, the instrument to break Israel is the Antichrist. In fact, you know, so, uh, you know, you, you, you know, I, I appreciate that people write books like the, you know, the, um, Left Behind series and so forth. 
But, you know, it's fiction. Can we remind ourselves that it's fiction? Okay? And, and when you have a concept where it's like you're going to be a freedom fighter or something during that, I want you to understand Israel is almost, almost destroyed. And if it wasn't for the intervention of Christ in the second coming, they would be. Did you understand what I'm saying? The purpose of the tribulation is to break them. That's the whole purpose. When their power is completely shattered, when their arrogance, their pride is completely done away with, then the end will come. Okay? Then the end will come. And so notice now, Daniel, of course he's bothered by that because he's what? He's a Jew, and remember, throughout the whole book, he's been concerned about who? His people, Jerusalem, and his people. So he he asked the angel about the end of these things. So he, you know, even though he's been told to seal up the prophecy, he's, he's like, well, what does that mean? Aren't you going to tell me any more? He's concerned. Okay? He's concerned about those things. So notice now, the response of the angel to him. We see that in verses 9 through 13. There's several different parts here. And notice what's going on here. First of all, the angel tells Daniel to go his way. Hey, Daniel, we're done. I already told you, seal it up. Head on out. You ever had a boss like that? You know what I'm saying? They reprimand you. And you still want to explain yourself. And he says, I'm done talking. You can get out of here now. You ever had that situation? You know what I'm saying? Maybe you've been a boss and did that, okay? Maybe you're a dad and you've done that, okay? I've, I've done that as a dad, okay? I'm done with this conversation. Why? Why is he telling him that? This is because the words of the prophecy are complete, is what he's saying. They're sealed up. They're complete. But there's something more going on here. Why is Daniel, because he's not just concerned for the people, we're going to see that Daniel's concerned about something else here, okay? So now the angel tells him the nature of the time, okay? He's talking about the tribulation, the great tribulation. Here's what he says. The angel states that believers will be purified during that time. During that time, believers will be purified. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Does everybody understand that suffering is a part of your life? And especially if you're a believer, God never promised to take away your pain and your suffering and your hardship. Does everybody understand that? I know that there is a theology right now that's very prevalent in Christian circles, and it's very, even very subtly influencing all churches, and that's this concept that God, you know, it's the health and wealth prosperity gospel. God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. It just has to do with your faith. But what has happened is, is that there, in, in America especially, there is this overwhelming sense among us that if God really truly loves me, then everything's going to be okay. Well, the, the bottom line is, is throughout the scripture, God uses hardship and suffering to purify us. To deal with the stuff in our lives. 
So for instance, let me ask you something. If you've got an area in your life where you're not doing right, how does God get your attention in that area? Bless you? Yeah, he takes you to the woodshed. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, he, he whoops you. Because he's trying to get your attention in that area. See, we, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to, under, you know, so, so oftentimes, you know, we're like, we get angry with God because he doesn't answer our prayer to take away our problem. Or we get angry with God because he didn't heal that person. Or we get angry with God because he didn't do this, that, or another. We never ask God, God, give me the grace to see me through it. And what is it that you're trying to show me through this? What, what is this supposed to do for me to become like you? You know, we'll claim Romans 8.28, which is, we know that all things work together for the good, for those who are called, to love, you know, called of God. Now, the, the problem is, is that that's a great verse, claim that, but claim it properly. What do you mean? That's not a promise that you're going to get through your problem and that everything's going to be okay. It's a promise that... Everything that you're going through in this life is working towards one eternal goal of making you like Jesus when you go to be with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? What's missing in our theologies, you know, each of you has a theology. Do you realize that? You have a belief about God. That's a theology. What's missing in our theology is a component of suffering, of understanding that in this world it's going to be hard, and that I need to have a focus for later on. See, we want to be comfortable here, but that's really not the, the focus of the Bible. The focus of the Bible is longing for later on because this world stinks. But we want this world, you know, we, we want to look for the Febreze, the spiritual Febreze, to cover the stink here. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Have you noticed that? That, that's really what we're trying to do here. So, here the angels make it very clear that during the tribulation, the tribulation, its purpose, one of the purposes of the tribulation is not just to break Israel, but to what? Purify believers. Okay? Purify believers. Now, here's what he says about the wicked. The wicked will do their wickedness. They'll just keep going on doing their stuff. The wicked will do their wickedness. But here's what he says. They'll just keep doing their stuff, but they will not understand the times. I had a conversation with a pastor about three weeks ago, and we were talking about, we were talking about people's understanding and the way people think and so forth. And he said he, he, he had kind of an aha moment. It's, it's not something profound. Maybe you've realized this, but he came to that conclusion. And that is, some people are just messed up in their thinking. And you're not going to change their mind. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, so for, let's, I'll give you an example. I don't normally want to talk about politics. Okay, but does anybody realize that Democrats and Republicans think differently? Have you noticed that? I mean, if you if you haven't, watch some shows today after church where they're arguing with each other. And have you noticed they cannot understand each other? 
Have you noticed that? It's like, how come they can't see that? Well, because they can't. They don't understand. Here in the future, with what's coming and the second coming and stuff, Daniel is told by the angel, you know, the wicked are going to continue to do what they're going to do, and they're not going to understand the times. Don't, here, so here's the point. Write this down. Don't expect unsafe people to understand the second coming of Jesus and the events of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't expect them to. They're not going to grasp it. The only way that you grasp it is because you have the Holy Spirit living within you, and that's your hope. Did you understand what I'm saying? So, like, I remember years ago, uh, there was a Canadian paper that mocked President Reagan because President Reagan, it may have been a U.S. paper, uh, mocked President Reagan because he believed in the second coming. And, and, the, and this was a major paper, and their whole premise was, do you believe we got a president who believes that? Well, then they had egg on their face because they had a poll that showed 75% of Americans believed that too. Okay? At that time, which was back in the 80s. So what's the point? Why, why is it that the editors of that, because they don't get it. Did you understand what I'm saying? They don't get it. So here you are at work and you're trying to talk to people about, boy, we're going through this Daniel study at church. We just wrapped it up. and Man, it's going to be terrible. They're not going to grasp it. Okay? They're not going to grasp it. But here's the point he makes here. Here's the point. However, the wise understand what's happening. You find yourself looking at the news? And when you hear what's going on in the Middle East, whether it's in Syria or Egypt, especially now that you've done the Daniel study, or you hear what's going on with them just trying to seek peace in Israel, and you kind of like in your mind, you're going, okay, yeah. I can see it coming together. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm saying? You start seeing things happening. And you start having an understanding, and, and, and you tell your friend, oh yeah, this is, what? They don't see it. But you do. Because the wicked aren't going to understand, is what Daniel is told here, but the wise, the wise will understand, okay? The wise will understand what's happening. So then notice now, He said, the angel tells him that there is a time, the length of that time, there's a time between the end of the sacrifice. Remember, we're told that the ending of the sacrifice in the temple happens in the middle of the tribulational seven-year period. There is a time between the end of the sacrifice and the placing of the abomination of desolation. Okay? So the time between when the sacrifice is ended... And the placing of the abomination, okay, whether that's the Antichrist himself going in there and saying he's God, some people feel that, or whether it's an idol or whatever, there's a time. And that time is 1,290 days, okay? 1,290 days. Now, Revelation chapter 11, 
verses 2 to 3 states that the great tribulation will be 1,260 days. Here, Daniel is told that it's 1,290 days. Why the difference? Okay. First of all, there's no clear answers. Uh, some feel that the additional 30 days is, is prescribed by the Old Testament law concerning the cleansing of the temple. So that when Jesus comes back at the end of 1,260 days, there is a cleansing of the temple which takes place according to the law of 30 days. Okay? So that's, that's what some people feel there. Okay? Now, he gives a blessing. The angel gives a blessing in verse 12. The angel states that those who, the angel states that uh, those who wait 45 days beyond the tribulation, they're going to be blessed. Alright? The angel states that those who wait 45 days beyond the tribulation will be blessed. And here's what they're going to see. They will see the fulfillment of God's promises to Israel, which is what? The millennium. When is all of the promises going to be fulfilled to Israel? The land promises and everything. It's when Jesus Christ comes back and reigns for a thousand years in the millennium. Okay? Now, there's now a promise now to Daniel. So remember I told you that Daniel's concerned for what's going to happen, partly because he's concerned for Israel, but there's another reason. And when you think about it, it's a human reason. And the human reason is he's concerned about, am I going to have to go through this? Isn't that normal? Okay. Here's what he's, he's told. Daniel tells the angel that he will die a natural death, death in rest. Wow, what a promise. Daniel, you're going to be okay because you're going to die a natural death in rest. Won't be, won't be in tragic or anything. You're just going to die a natural death. Here's what else he promises. Daniel will also be raised to an inheritance at the end of time. What's that called? The resurrection. So you hear people sometimes say, well, the resurrection is not talked about in the Old Testament. What's he promising him here? Look at the very last verse there, verse 13. Look at what it says. But you will go your way to the end, for you shall rest. And look what it says. And will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Rise to his inheritance. When? At the end of time, when Jesus comes back. He'll rise. What does that mean? He's going to die, and then he's going to rise. What's that, folks? Resurrection. Okay? A resurrection. Okay. So that's what we see there. We see that closing part there, the sealing of the prophecy. 